Hey, we want to welcome everyone to our Gracemont podcast number 22. And we're so glad that you decided to join in. We're going to do things a little bit different tonight. But until then, uh, I am Apostle Duke here no, with am... my very good. Sorry, I interrupted. That's okay. It's electronics. It just that's part of the deal, man. <laughs> this is Apostle John Luke. And without further ado, Grace Ma. Grace Ma. Grace Ma. Grace Ma. Grace Ma. All right. All right. Yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. Okay. Getting a little better, so. So tonight we have an exciting uh, diversion a little bit. Tonight we're going to talk about the healthcare system, and, and I have a few questions I'm going to ask John Luke, who is a physician who has been a, a practicing doctor for many, many years, and uh, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the healthcare system in the United States and where it is right now, and I have a surprise for him. Uh, John Luke, why don't you tell us what, how did you decide to become a doctor? Well, before we start that, I will, I will answer that question shortly, but okay. there's, there's an issue that troubles me. Okay. The issue is when you go in a, this is mainly just for the men, when you go in a public restroom, there are urinals they're yeah. about, oh, they're, they're two feet wide and two and a half feet tall. Yeah. But they're, they're never placed the right height <laughs> for me. They're always too low. And when I'm through urinating, when I try to uh, get the rest of the urine from my urethra. Yeah, okay. It kind of tends to go all about the, the wall rather than. In yeah. the urinal. So there's some of them that are the right heights, but a lot of them are really low. Like yeah. they're sat down for kids or something right. like that. I I want to know what's up with that. Why why is that a thing? Because there there aren't that many people that go and use those. Like so if a kid comes in there, the kid can use the regular toilet. Yeah. You know, the sit down toilet. Why do they have to lower those things so low that you get tinkle all over the wall and floor. Well, one thing I think we should remind our listeners or inform them of, can you tell everybody how tall you are? I'm a six, six, five, six, six four. So, there. yeah, so that, I suspect they probably do some measurements and do some like average, you know, the average male is like five, nine or five, 10 or something. So, I suspect that may have something to do with it. Do you not have this trouble? Even if they're really low? Like, some of them are just six inches off the ground. Or a foot off the ground. Which is a little silly. Yeah. And, 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 on the, on the, on the lower ones, on occasion, there, it gets a little splashy. Okay. <laughs> you know, depending on what they have down in the bottom of the urinal. But for the most part, I don't really. Now, there are some, too, in the old buildings that go from about 
what, about four foot tall all the way to the ground, right? But those are pretty rare now. Yeah, Hardly those ever are. Hardly see those. Right. Those were probably super expensive, like made out of marble or something. No, Some they're just old... porcelain. Oh, they're porcelain? Yeah. Okay. Porcelain. They're probably cast iron and porcelain. Right. But so I've I've had thoughts about this for some time and it okay. frustrates me. Okay, it's probably Americans with Disability Act application of some sort. That's why they do that. I'm not sure, but I think why not make the toilets instead of 28 inches high, make them 38 or 40 inches high, so that if the bottom is really low, it doesn't matter. You still got a, a plenty of room for tall guys and short guys. Why is it this this one standard set height? I mean, you're talking about the ones that go all the way to the floor, but why not just make them a foot or so longer so they'd work for everybody? So not only for the Americans with disability, but the Americans that play in the NBA and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there are there's there's a lot of tall men. So, have you kind of observed that they're all about the same height? I mean, because there's low ones and high ones, right? There's kind of the normal ones, and then there's the low ones. Are they all about? I just figured they probably varied in some were a little bit higher, some a little bit lower, but I, I, I don't know. There's kind of an average height, you know. Okay. Oh, you okay. may or may have noticed, but but the 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 height go. I've I stepped up to one not long ago. that was, hey, this is just right for me. That means it's too high for most everybody in the country. So and, why'd they do that? I don't know. But, yeah. But some of them are so low that uh, like a two year old could use the potty. Yeah. I I'm stumped on that. Even though I would hanker to guess there's probably like you say there's probably some standard there's there's probably and probably for public restrooms i don't know there's probably something you got to have so many sinks and I, I don't i don't i don't know if that's true or not even though another kind of interesting thing to me i think is we go to a church and i, I think it's fine to say we i think it's okay to say village baptist church in oklahoma city and that auditorium it holds about what you think seven eight hundred it holds a lot it you still hold fifteen hundred fifteen hundred okay in the lobby there's one men's restroom and it's a tour and i think it i halfway wonder if it wasn't a warner at one time <laughs> and there's a woman's i mean you think about buildings now right i go into a church building now a newer church building and you walk into the men's room and there's like eight toilets and eight urinals and five sinks and a huge mirror. It just seemed, I just thought that because I suspect that there was a time when, when plumbing and all that was kind of premium, you know? So they said, Hey, we'll build a 1500 auditorium and we'll have a, a men's room with that fits two. <laughs> <laughs> and that ought well, to be that ought to work <laughs> maybe the the passcode because there are others in the building but just farther down the hall on the yeah. other end of the auditorium and stuff i don't know yeah okay well i i have digressed a bit i guess i should okay that's fine that's what we do the question that's what we do 
You asked, why did I become a doctor? Yes. Well, a couple of reasons. Okay. I was poor. Okay. And I didn't want to be poor. Yeah. All my life. I wanted to make a good living. I, uh, my father was a doctor. I, uh, I know that doesn't necessarily go in most people's minds with being poor, but he was a crazy doctor. Yeah. Who didn't give me or my mom any of his money. And he didn't make very much. He, he was just, he was a fruitcake anyway. So, but anyway, that was the, kind of the family business. Yeah. So I thought, I've, I decided, well, I'll head that direction and maybe I'll find something else along the way that I'd rather do. And I, I just never did. I'm still not sure I want to be a doctor because it's, it's been a bit painful. It's been rewarding in a lot of ways, you know, taking care of people, see them get better, taking pain away from people and, you know, making good living. Those things have all been rewarding, but I have been on call meaning up at the hospital kind of on call, like call me in the middle of the night and get up to do anesthesia for, I figured out not too long ago, it was 12 years of my 63 years have been spent on call, meaning the whole whole year times 12. Yeah. So that's, you know, like a fourth of my life. So I've been on call like every fourth night of my life, all the way back to when I was a baby, if you if you yeah. count it that way. So it's more than every fourth of my life as a physician. Every fourth night. So that's that beats you down after a while. I I've got I know a couple of doctors who have gotten Alzheimer's and died, and they thought it might have been, yeah, you know, at a young age. Yeah. And they thought that might have been related to the sleep deprivation. Oh, because they call you, you know, during so. the night and. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. That gets painful, but that's that's basically why I did it. Okay. Hey, so, and real quick, your dad, what kind of doctor was he? He was a family medicine doctor. He did do two years of a surgery residency. Okay. And then quit because of having a bunch of medical bills to pay for my mom, and he went to work for a for a hospital in Elk City. Okay. Then, so he never did finish his surgical residency. So he was family medicine doctor, but when he he was in the navy for a couple of years okay. as a physician, he was on a, a ship, sailed in around in the Pacific and stuff during the Korean conflict. And he did a lot of surgery then and delivered a lot of babies. Okay. During that time. So um, I don't know if you. I don't think you've answered this yet. If you had it to do all over again, would you would you go the same path or? I, that's a, you know, it's kind of a. If God is all powerful, can He make a rock so big that He couldn't lift it? Sort of question. Right. So you yeah. you can't really do that. So, but I I think if I. If I could have made the decision knowing what I know now, I probably would not. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's it's uh it's been a tough way to make a buck. Huh. I mean, the uh with it being hard on your 
your body and your brain, I probably would not. It, you know, I'd do something else like go to Wall Street and be a financial analyst or something like that. I would like to, if I had do-overs, I'd like to go to some fancy school back east and and get into the financial world, maybe, or start up a a high-tech startup or be involved in it. Huh. Yeah, because you would think, like, being a doctor is like a dream, right? Doctors are lawyers. And, of course, you, you just think of the respect. That's what I think as not being a doctor. And I've worked in entry-level jobs and... But I just think I can't. I can't imagine someone, you know, not thinking I'd do that all over again. So that's it is interesting. I mean, if any, if anything, it that the message is just because someone's a doctor doesn't mean they're, you know, living the the dream, which you would everyone thinks you are, probably or most people think, wow. You may have heard that money isn't everything. Yeah. And there's always somebody it. making more money than you, too. I, I don't believe it, but I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me let me experience that for myself. Let me, I want to okay. try it myself, okay? Give me a lot of money, and then I'll... Give it a try. Yeah, give it a try. But, yeah, that's, that's interesting stuff. So you think uh, finance is what you, like, financials? And, I think so. So what about politician? Um, I think I would get tired of being in the public light. I would rather be the man behind the man, you know? Yeah. Okay. And not be the one on with my, you know, underneath the microscope all the time. Yeah. I'd like to be able to go out to dinner and enjoy visiting with my wife and my family. Okay. And not have... Not have the paparazzi after me. Right. Okay. All right. So let me get back to my drawing board here. I gotta find my my mouse. Quit working. Okay. Here we go. Um. So I'm about Medicare age. In fact, we just had this discussion. I think maybe just moments ago. Uh. So I guess I have to get it when I'm 65, right? Yeah, yeah you, you can't. Everybody in America has that option to get on Medicare when they're 65. People who get on disability can get on Medicare earlier. You know, I take care of women sometimes that are, you know, in their 30s that are on Medicare because they're disabled for some reason or another. Okay. Or, quote, disabled, end quote, which is what most disabled people folks seem to be nowadays they the people that are disabled now would not have tolerated being called or thought of as disabled a generation ago they they would keep working even though they would have something that they could claim disability for that's what that's my humble opinion from, of the people i've observed but anyway that's kind of what you call a rabbit trail so Medicare is available to everyone, but I, when I turn 65, I'm going to do my best to not get on Medicare. Huh. 
for as long as I can. And as long as you're working, you can do that. You can just keep your private health care insurance. Right. You, the reason why is because I want the doctors who I go see to be happy to see me and know that they're going to get paid a reasonable wage for taking care of me. Whereas Medicare really screws a lot of doctors. I mean, hardly pays them anything. But one example, I was talking to a radiologist the other day. Yeah. I think I may have mentioned this to you. What do you think a radiologist gets paid for reading a chest X-ray on a Medicare patient? You, you didn't ask me that. So, uh, what uh, radiologist gets uh, two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks? Seven dollars. Oh, really? For reading a chest X-ray, which there's quite a bit to reading a chest X-ray. You got to look at all this stuff. And you got to look at each little spot. And each little spot has its own little things that you're looking for. And if you miss something, you could get sued for it for millions of dollars. Like, you miss one little spot in the lung, you get sued for it because the patient got cancer and died. And So it's not nothing that those radiologists are doing. Right. And they get paid $7 for it. That's that's pathetic. So no, no radiologist wants to read Medicare chest x-rays. Do you want... Do you want to be having your chest X-ray read by a radiologist that goes, oh, this is a Medicare. I'm not going to get paid anything for it. I'm just going to whip through it. Okay, yeah. Okay, next. Okay. Oh, here's a Blue Cross. I'll spend a little more time on this one. Yeah. You know, because they get paid $25 for that or whatever. Okay. You know, or 50 Who knows? But Yeah. So that's the kind of thing. Whereas for me as an anesthesiologist, when I started practice – we have this, we go by units. It's kind of like a taxi cab ride. It's so many units right at the first and then four units an hour. Okay. And so Medicare, when I started, was paying about $22 a unit. Okay. Soon after that, they cut it down to like 17 That And that's uh, 1990, so 33 years ago. Yeah. They were paying $22 a unit. What do you think they pay now? Oh, gosh. You'd think it'd be more. Seems like it since the cost of living is at least double, maybe triple what it was then. Right. I just don't know. Eighteen? Eight, so it went down four bucks. It's down four dollars from when I started 33 years ago. And an ounce of gold at that time was $400. Yeah. And now it's, now it's 2000 Yeah, uh, right. The car I bought at the time was twenty thousand. Similar car now is sixty thousand. Yeah. And so I essentially get paid a third of what I got paid when I started, you know, adjusted for inflation. So anesthesiologists avoid Medicare cases like the plague if they can, if they're billing for themselves. The uh the Medicare cuts or screw jobs is what it is yeah. have made it to where very few anesthesiologists are self-employed anymore. You know, if they, you know, like I'm self-employed, I take care of a patient, I send them a bill, they pay me. And that's right. how I get paid. Okay. Most anesthesiologists now are employed by the hospitals because they don't make enough if they bill for themselves. If they bill Medicare, they would 
make a better living mowing lawns. Just one dude and a lawnmower huh. could make makes more money than an anesthesiologist taking care of Medicare patients all day. Yeah, that's so okay. So is there? Do you have a comparison for like private? That's three times as much. Three so, times. So the the private insurance now is paying. It's probably paying about what Medicare paid when I started, you know, adjusted for inflation. Right. So, okay. So then how are you going to pay for private after you retire? You just, just, yeah, just keep paying your health insurance premiums. You don't have to go on Medicare. My, 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 so what I'm, I, I'm just going to have to come out and say it. I don't think most people live, have the money you have. I mean, I wonder, like, when people retire, and they want to retire, and they, they want to, you know, travel and see their kids and stuff, I don't know. Unless, is it, like, I suspect it's quite a bit more to keep private than it is to get Medicare. Uh, do you that's, know that? If you're retired and not making much money, that's true. Medicare, you can pretty much get if you if you are really poor, yeah, and have no income, you can get Medicare and Medicaid, yeah, together, and they and you don't have to pay anything for your care. That's if you're over sixty five. If if you don't have if you meet a certain level of financial need, you can get on Medicaid and they'll pay for everything. Right. When I say everything, that's the patient doesn't have to pay anything. But yeah. the, the facilities and the doctors are paid not much. So right. they're not very happy about taking care of those people Yeah, in general. Because they feel like their work has value. And the government does not feel like their work has value. So is it on this Medicare and Medicaid, is there like different prices for different people or something? Oh, yes. For, oh. Not for Medicaid. Not Medicaid for me is based on financial need. Okay. Whereas Medicare, um, you got to pay them. If you make a certain amount of income after you're 65, you got to pay for your Medicare. It's not free. So, you, you, like, you pay insurance premiums. Right. I had a partner that semi-retired when he was 65. Well, no, he kept working. No, he was still working full-time at 65 he goes I'm getting on Medicare yay so he gets on Medicare and his insurance premiums are higher than they were for his private health insurance because of how much he was making oh okay so he got back on private health insurance until he retired once he retired his income was low enough that his Medicare premiums weren't very high but he was paying like 700 bucks a month just for himself for Medicare. So, then, okay. So here's my deal. I mean, when I, when I step out and, and I retire, it seems like Medicare is going to be the best financial option for me. Now you are uh, advising, you know, try to stay on private. Are there some, and I thought I heard about this there's some groups out there because what I'd like if I'm gonna to try to keep private is can you get in some kind of group like maybe uh, 
because with my work, my private is relatively affordable because there's 250 people on this policy and and am I right about that? If I try yeah. to go out and, and do it on my own, it's going to cost qu quite a bit more. Are there some kind of groups like maybe some that you can join into or something to help keep those the private costs down? Sure, there are, but I no, I don't know that if you're I don't know what your income will be when you retire. Yeah, but it may not be worth it for you just to keep private okay. insurance. Just go ahead and keep Medicare, but you just have to know when you commit to Medicare, you know that you go see the doctor and the doctor goes, oh. Yeah. And I don't want that. I don't want to walk in to see the doctor and know that behind everything, the doctor's going, oh, yeah, that's, that's not what I want because that's what I do. Yeah. You know, it, when I, when I take care of Medicare patients in my hospital, right. I look at them in my mind. I just say, okay, I'm doing charity work. I'm doing God's work here. Yeah. I'm doing charity and it balances out against the insurance cases and the cash pay cases that I do. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's so to our listening audience, you would recommend if possible, keep stay on private insurance and if you, you can afford it. Yeah. And it, and you don't have to go on Medicare at 65. I think is, but yeah, there's yep. a lot of stuff I don't understand. As a physician, you understand so much more about that. I am just beginning to dabble in it. So, um, well, the, the government wants you to think, oh yeah, we take care of everything for you, no problem. But what they don't tell you is, okay, we're gonna gang up on whoever we pay and pay them hardly anything. And, and do whatever we can legally to force them to take care of you. So, so for instance, if I take care of any Medicare patients and accept any Medicare dollars, then anybody that comes to me on Medicare, I have to take what they pay, which, again, is less than I would make mowing lots. Yeah. Um, but if I say, okay, I'm not accepting payment from, from Medicare at all or Medicaid, so if somebody comes to me for my service that's on Medicare, I say, I don't accept Medicare. You'll have to pay me cash. And that's legal. Yeah. But most people won't do that. Oh, no, Medicare pays for everything. I'm not going to pay you cash. Yeah. So can you can you take Medicare and private, or do you have to choose one? Oh, yeah. Do? Okay. No, you take – those are independent of each other. Okay, so you could so you have some Medicare and some private. Yes, I have mostly private insurance and cash pay cases, which makes it worth doing. If I did all Medicare, I would quit tomorrow. Okay, it's not worth doing. I would go do something else. Right. That's why so many doctors are open up all these hokey kind of things like. Oh, come get to my IV clinic. I'll start an IV on you and give you Lord knows what in the IV. And then yeah. I want to get your hormones all in order. And then yeah. by golly, you, if we're talking to women, we're going to need to vas laser your vagina because that'll make it so much better. 
And, you know, they come up with all this kind of stuff they'll do for cash. Right. And or vitamin therapy. We got to get you on these vitamins. I mean, yeah. I, I prescribe 400 different vitamins for everyone. And those 400 <laughs> different vitamins have the absolute beneficial effect of making me some money. Because you have to come in and buy them for me, you know that kind of stuff. That that's why so many doctors have gotten to do doing that stuff to make cash money and not having to deal with Medicare. So this kind of swerves us in, I think, maybe to your final, final the final thought or Obamacare, uh, government run health care. Any what are, what are your thoughts about that? I think I know, but. Well, so the biggest problem with Obamacare was, sure, a lot of people got put on it that weren't, didn't have insurance, and now they're advertising it all the time. Oh, come be on healthcare.gov, and we'll yeah. get you insurance for nothing. Well, that's that's just more cost-shifting. The government isn't doing this out of goodness of their heart. They're taking more money. So everybody that's paid private health insurance, their their health insurance rates doubled because Obamacare had the rule in it that you could no longer, as an insurance company, keep people from getting insurance on your policy for pre-existing conditions. Okay. And so if you can't do that, then the insurance rates double. Because that's if you if you know how insurance works, it's it's a risk thing, and somebody has a pre-existing condition is is a definite risk for them. And if you make it to where you can't do that anymore, then they take on a lot more risk, and so they charge a lot more money for that. That was the biggest thing it hurt is it caused everybody's insurance to double. You know, mine did. If you if you were uh, if your boss was paying for it, you might not have noticed it, but everybody who was paying it out of their pockets for sure noticed it. That was the big, biggest trouble with it. The whole, the whole problem with the government insurance the way it is, with some people being on government insurance and some people being on private, is, that, is the cost-shifting thing. The, the government pays very little but expects a whole lot, and so... The hospitals and the doctors make up for it by charging more to everybody else. And so those who pay private health insurance, not only did it go up because of Obamacare, the they ended up paying twice because the uh, hospitals and doctors ended up having to charge them more to make up for the money they're not making from the government health insurance people anymore. Now, one thing you said was the problem about it was is i thought is it is it not still around or or is, is that just the way you said the you, you said it like maybe it, it was here and it's no longer here or no it's still around and more and more and more people are getting on it okay it's i'm just saying when they instituted it health insurance private health insurance rates doubled because of it Okay. So, so if you're if you're on if you're on medic if you're on Obamacare, you like. Is it like Medicare 
like the government's paying it or is that or is it yeah essentially it's just another it's another it's like medicare medicaid and and healthcare.gov those those three things are all government health insurances basically so the taxpayers are paying most of it okay and that's that's another way that the people who are paying private insurance are paying for it because they're paying for it through their taxes too so it's at the point now where it's it's been a crisis for a while but it's almost at the point where it needs to just be a, a single-payer system where everybody's on the same stuff okay. everybody just gets if they're gonna taxpayers are gonna pay for it they should pay for it for everybody but but then the government would be in control of it and it's been my experience that everything they get in control of they screw it up so yeah. They're screwing up healthcare. They'd screw it up a lot worse if they were doing all of it. So. Yeah, because because the next thing is like the uh, it's uh, that government where like some countries have socialized medicine. Sure. And so that sounds like what Obamacare is is or is it one step towards socialized medicine or. Well, Medicare, Medicaid, and Obamacare are all steps. They're, they're all socialized medicine. Okay. But they're not for everybody. They're only for old people or, or low-income people. They're not for you and me. Okay. But we're paying for them. Right. In, in three different ways. Cost shifting and, and uh, taxes. Do you think they're they're try they'll try to move it to socialized medicine where everybody is just and would that be better if they just said okay we're everybody's going on the government? Uh, it won't be better, but I think that's what's going to happen. It'll it'll so in most countries with socialized medicine, people stand in line to see the doctor. They they get it like if, if you want a hip replacement here, you just get on schedule and get it done if you got insurance. Yeah. Or even if you got Medicare, because they're able to cost shift enough by charging you more for it, and the person on Medicare gets to charge gets pays a lot less for it, but they average out what they make, you know, the hospitals and the doctors, and it's they can go ahead and get it done right now, whereas in Canada or some, or England you'll you'll wait six nine twelve months before you get your hip replaced. And because over there, all the doctors are totally on salaries, and they're like, oh. they're like, <laughs> they're so like they, government employees. Like, I'll be to work around nine, and then, but three o'clock, I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm out of here at three. No, we don't work after three. So, I'm sorry, your surgery isn't quite done. We're gonna have to wake you up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll <finish laughs> I don't think they do that. I don't think they do that. But they they will not start a surgery after three o'clock. Because they're going home. Because they get paid the same for work until three as they would work until ten. They're not about to do that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little risk here. Roll the dice. Do it, man. And I'm gonna break one of the uh, Gracemont tenants. Oh no! And, th- and that is, um, you know, we we get to talk about things we think and like and don't like, but you don't really have to have an answer. But what? So what do you think? What what what's the answer? What what do you think makes this better, and kind of 
or, or at least takes us in the right direction, a better direction than it seems we're going now. Oh, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, that it's another one of those things that won't happen unless we have a, a dictator that it'll just continue to crumble to ruin like the rest of things are because our government is so dysfunctional now that we got the two sides fighting against each other and behind them while this fight's going on and all the people are just watching it. The bureaucrats are just running everything and running it into the ground. They're just... They just show up and don't do anything and then go home. So, okay. So I consider myself a moderate uh, history buff. And that even a buff is maybe a strong word. But I, I kind of enjoy, like in, in, in Greece, when democracy started, you know, the, the, and I can't remember what they called them, came up and said, hey, we want to have a say in our government. And then you had the French Revolution, and then you had, um, you know, the Revolutionary War here in the United States. I, I just, I wonder, as I hear you talk about that, is, is this just part of history in, in the making? I mean, hasn't there always been, because there were slaves, and we said, okay, we got to do something about that, and we kind of fixed that, and then women couldn't vote. And then we had, then we had, back in the 20s, these sweatshops, these big buildings where all these women were crammed in and the fire would start and people would die and they said, we've got to make that better. I, it, I, I want to be hopeful <laughs> as I look forward. And, and in some respects, I, I see maybe kind of history repeating itself here. Maybe it's just, it, it's always in flux, right? Isn't, isn't civilization always in some kind of flux? But it seems like throughout history, in many, many cases, they made it better. And in a lot of cases, it, 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 cr it crashed and burned. I mean, like Rome went away. Well, not, I mean, it's still there, but, you know, some of those big civilizations crumbled and changed. I mean, won't somebody finally figure it out, you think? Or do you just see it's going to just be uh there's no good to look forward to or well we're all gonna die yeah and it's it, we're just doomed no i think <laughs> I, I think you and i are gonna live out our lives and it's not gonna be too bad okay uh, i think that our i think our government will fail at some point because well number one right now we're we're we've emptied all the coffers there's no money it's it's we're just in a hole, and if you look back in history, that's never worked out well for a country. It's see, that's when some other country takes them over. Oh, well, because the, they, the one thing that just seems I, I just am mesmerized by not mesmerized but just baffled by is is this uh, debt limit thing where we're trillions of dollars in debt, but they want to raise it higher, and. There's, there's part of me that says, this is a huge stop the press moment, emergency, emergency, emergency. But I don't really see that from our politicians. It's just like, well, let's just raise it, borrow more money. And then we go back to talking about who screwed who and, you know, gun laws. And, and we, I don't understand where that's going. 
It's called Smoke and Mirrors. Draw everyone's attention to everything else besides what matters. Like, really, the, the debt limit and how much debt we have really matters because if our government goes away, think about what else happens to that. Think about what happens to the environment because we're kind of like the international police force for the environment. Yeah. We also, you know, like, they'll start killing whales again if our government is no longer out there, you know, making that not happen. You know, our, our government, our people. Right. The, they're, uh, the, there will be nobody to stop tyrants from taking over small countries and invading other countries. That there, a lot of bad stuff will happen when it, when our government fails and we can't, it's going to fail when some other currency becomes a standard currency and we can't just print dollars anymore because nobody will take them. Right. And that's when we'll see the, who knows what will happen, civil war, death, destruction. Godzilla may come out of the water and crush us all and we won't be able to afford to shoot missiles at him. Or a pandemic. I mean, you know, I do. As you as you're talking about that, I wonder if if we had a spaceship that we could go out, you know, tens of thousands of light years away and discover other planets. Would there be a planet out there that's dark and black, and on it are these old buildings and of civilization where they had civilization for tens of millions of years, and then it just finally they imploded or they nuked each other and and you know and three million years ago they went extinct and there's no is that is that our fate uh i don't know unless unless the grace mont way is that christ will intervene and we will be saved not that that's not the grace mont way that's <laughs> not the grace mont way <laughs> No, there's hope. There's hope. There's, there's hope. There there's is hope. surely there's hope. There's hope in Christ. There's hope in in Christ. Okay. Well, we didn't we didn't tell. Well, you and I decided we did last time is that we we decided what you've you've been vacillating back and forth as to whether you're an atheist. Yeah. And I'm kind of call myself a deist because I believe in a deity. But yeah. what we decided was okay that we are. Followers of the lessons of Christ, meaning, and we are the flock. Followers, okay, the followers. lessons of, of Christ. Christ. The flock, F-L-O-C. Right. Not the followers of God, which would be the flock. Flog. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> not we, F-L-O-G. We're not the floggers. F-L-O-C. F-L-O-C. Flog is what we got growing up going to church. And I want to be on the giving side of that. I wonder. Oh, you would be the flogger, not yeah, the floggy. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. I don't know, because I've never been on that side, right? I've always been on the receiving yep. end. So, okay, and I'm still, uh, I'm still, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, ha I, it's like I have my fingers on something. I have my mind, and it's, and I'm, I can't quite articulate i think i can tell me the subject i can help you work it out okay all right okay so so you say we're the followers of christ 
or, or the teachings the of Christ. Lessons, the, the lessons. The lessons of Christ. of Christ. Because it makes flock. Yeah, because it makes flock, and we like that acronym, right? It's a good... Yes. Okay. So my... what I Where I... I think... Okay, just go with me, because I'm trying. Jesus is really nothing but a conduit. He's just a shell. His body means nothing. Some people say, I, want, I can't wait to get to heaven to see Jesus. His body is, but it's, it's, it's his, through his teaching that, that we experience God. I don't know that I subscribe to a, some of his, all of his teachings, but the concept of, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and that Christ was, his centralized message was, you can find and connect to God by learning my concepts. Yeah. God, okay. I'm getting it. Okay. God is, okay, God, here, here's another thing I thought about, thought about this today, last night in bed. When we say he, we attribute God as an animal. Am I right? Because he and she only respond is only applicable to an animal. So when we, but God is not an animal. In fact, he and even Jesus said, "No one has seen the Father because the Father you can't see the Father. The Father is God is." God, right now, God is on Pluto. Right now, God is in Orion. He, he, is a, he is a presence. He is a power. He is an intelligence. And Christ was saying, okay, worship the creator of the universe is what I'm trying to do. It's, I'm trying to understand and what does he want for me? What does the creator of the universe want for my life and my body? And I think the best where I'm right now is to like, to your point, is like live well, be healthy, and and keep our species going. That's kind of where I'm at. So anyway. Okay. And give 10% to Gracemont. And give 10% to Gracemont on your gross. Of yes. Okay. On your gross. Oh, we could do it on the, on the Grace Mod app. Just sign up. Yeah. Of course, we don't have that built yet. But <laughs> yeah. We do. We'll have you sign up. Yeah. And there's a three percent surcharge and and a, and a gratuity, but just sure. don't worry about it. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's all good. Just give us your. It's what you're meant to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sin not to. It's just, It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so what you're saying? This I'm going to paraphrase for you. Thank you. What you're saying is. That Jesus is like a telescope to God. He's like, for us to see God, we use Jesus just like we use the Jack Webb, not Jack Webb, the James Webb telescope to see the universe and see the distant galaxies. Right. And Jesus is our James Webb telescope for seeing God. Because, it, and you may remember the, the lesson we had when the disciples asked Jesus, says, show us the Father. And he got a little got a little frustrated with them and said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Meaning, I'm the telescope. 
look through me and you'll you you've seen the father because i'm i'm the telescope you look up and and here again the telescope is not the is not the what we worship right it's right. what we're, it's what we're seeing through that telescope that we worship that that we're yeah. trying to connect to that we're trying to connect to and understand how does this work and and be honest, right? Be honest, because when you're honest, it protects you. Eat well. And that, and that telescope is not claiming to be distant galaxies. Right. Yeah, and, I get it. And it's not claiming to be the universe. Right. It's just claiming to be the shell that we use to find and understand the universe better. Ah, oh, we're so all over. We're so all over. We should write a book. It's, it, we, this children can understand this. So we, so Jesus was the medium, yeah, for us to experience God. I like yeah. it, and I'm I going like it, there, yeah. and I'm stepping in, and I'm getting weird, man. I don't know. I'm with I just, you. Okay, yay, we're on our journey. Woo yes. Okay, well, that's enough babbling for tonight. You think? I think so. And I'm going to go home and cogit go home. I'm going to spend the rest of the week cogitating on all this like I do. And then next right. week, oh, and next week we're going to have a, our guest who we thought was going to be here this week is going to be here next week. But it's going to be so us. exciting. I hope she I hope she drills us. I really okay. want to kind of get some not sparks, but just some really intellectual debates, you know, like some quandaries like, well, you say this, how how can that be? Da da da. You know, Challenge. I want to be challenged in some okay. respects. So anyway, okay. Okay. Drop and give me twenty. Yep. Oh, yeah. You could do twenty. I, Middle, I could. Middle but you could. I could do six <laughs> or eight. I could do two at a time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you also ponder on that toilet, and I think we should get a start a company. Yeah. Start building longer urinals, taller I urinals. I, longer so, urinals. Hello, urinals, so hello they, this is Longer Urinals. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> so they fit everybody. Yeah. That's what America is about, right? Everybody pants, being right? included. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. I love it. I love it. it yeah. And, and okay. every man, every man in the world needs that, right? I mean, so. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. All right. This is, you want to sign us off? Uh, this is Gracemont, episode 22. Thank you for joining us. Um, please contact, reach out to us at our email at ad1 at gracemont.com. If you have any questions, any comments, in any way you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. And, 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 and John Luke would love to put you on as a guest because he loves mixing all the sounds and all the background noise. So please contact us and join us again same time next week. This is Apostle Duke. And Apostle John Luke. Saying, See ya. See ya.